Hello, everyone. I'm Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. This week, we talked to Milwaukee-based post-rock screamo band Garden Home. Some members of the band are frequent skaters and more frequent avoiders of kids on scooters. Milwaukee's growing DIY scene intersects with their brewery connections, with small festivals being played at bars and new collaborators being introduced. Their most recent release, Past Life, kicks off a new cycle of music with Thumbs Up Records, paired with a video of them using sick new gear in a music store. They're currently working on an LP set to be released in 2024, creating a range of sound that reflects their current listening habits. Without further ado, Past Life by Garden Home. Garden Home, thank you guys for being here with us tonight. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. If you guys wouldn't mind introducing yourselves. I'm Dylan. I do vocals and guitar in the band. I'm Mike. I play guitar. I'm Mitch. I play bass and do a small amount of vocals here and there. (laughs) I guess I also do vocals. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone does a little vocals. Yeah, a little bit. We're all shouting. We all do our part. Yeah. (laughs) First thing that we wanted to talk a little bit about was skateboarding. So you said two of you are skateboarders. I assume mm. it is Dylan and the missing member, JD. It's nope. actually uh, Tad Daddy over here, yeah. And then uh, JD's the other one that still skates. I used to skate a lot and still love and support the culture, but uh, I had an injury that screwed up my arm, and then I couldn't play guitar, and I, I chose a lane. <laughs> Fair. I just, never, I just never got into skateboarding. So. <laughs> <laughs> Probably my body type, honestly. It just was <laughs> not very uh, conducive to aerial tricks and stuff like that. So Flying around. Flying around at, at, a, at, a, at a high rate of speed. I, I'm good on that. Everyone knows yeah. that the heart of skateboarding is aerial tricks. So it's understandable. <laughs> <That's right>. that... <laughs> Definitely. 
the heart of skating is the moral support. You gotta have somebody <laughs> making sure you're like, yeah, go do it. Because I don't think I could like skateboarding is incredibly impressive to me. I don't know how people stand on the board, let alone, you know, do all the aerial tricks and go really fast and stuff. So uh, good on you yeah. guys for it takes years of injuring yourself. <laughs> I was gonna say I've skated so with my <laughs> I've skated with Mike enough times to know that he's just chucking his meat husk around and hoping for the best. Yeah. <laughs> My body makes crazy sounds when I stand up. So. So. You know, everyone's body gets to that point eventually, so at least you're having fun with it, right? That's true. Still doing it in his yeah. 30s. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, just give us a little bit of a, a rundown on your your skateboarding and why you started. Um, I started in seventh or eighth grade, and I started skateboarding because I grew up in like a really small suburban town and didn't like sports, and that's kind of just how that started. And I've pretty much been doing it on and off since then. Um, there was a time when I wasn't skating, like maybe like four years ago, but then I like picked it back up during the pandemic and then now I'm skating again. So, yeah, we had a, we had a little skate chat that was probably more active for a while, but that was like a nice little way for us to like cry out for, does anybody want to go play outside during the <laughs> pandemic? So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was probably what, like maybe even two years before the pandemic. Cause Bart, our buddy Bart builds ramps and stuff and he built this little garage spot called the lunchbox. Like that was pre pandemic. Yeah. He basically rented out this small garage and built like a bowl in there. And it was like a little like spot where we would go and like drink beer and hang out and skate. It was really fun. It was really hot in there. Yeah. It but... sounds like the ideal situation though, to like yeah, hang it was out really with your friends cool. and not at a super crowded skate park. Cause I assume people would get like in the way of each other sometimes. It's mm -hmm. the like... scooter kids. It's the scooter kids. Yeah. Scooter kids. <laughs> Yeah, kids. Dang. I feel like I would be a scooter kid because I don't know how to skateboard. <laughs> I don't know yeah. really know what that means, but I had a scooter, so I feel like I'd be a scooter kid. I also had a scooter, but that was back when like I thought Razor was gonna be just like a fad, and I think I was mm -hmm. like maybe like ten, and then there's been a comeback. I mean, it's that like it's the like parents who are trying to be probably supportive and take their six-year-old who got his first scooter to the skate park like sure honey rolling on some ramps i'm gonna check facebook and uh we're just you're very prone to collide into those things that are below your waist height <laughs> yeah especially the kids who don't know how to stop and are just you know jumping on the scooter for the first time there's also like a flow to the skate park and little kids just don't understand that they're gonna go no matter what way whatever way they feel like going they're gonna go so Oh, Damn, yeah. I'm 30 and I never considered that. <laughs> well, I'm just yeah, That's I'm something new every day. <laughs> it's, not, it's not just the kids. It's not just the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to feel the skate park. Yeah. Right? You don't get it. I feel like um, it is a wild thing to have like a small skate park in like a private area for you also. But talking about like building ramps and bowls and stuff is like, do you do like the crazy tricks and stuff? Or is it more just like a cruising? Like, do you guys do wild skate stuff? Uh, you know, I do a lot of my like, I've always been better at like flip tricks 
and like grinding rails like i think i feel like everyone has like their specialties that was always like what i was better at i want to specify that it doesn't mean like backflip either like kickflip and all those <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not, <laughs> not doing body flip tricks right, right. Yeah. not doing a mick twist yeah no <laughs> like rocket power <laughs> uh yeah no i mean i don't know it's it's hard to say that anything I do is crazy thanks to Instagram and how you're just exposed to so much crazy stuff now that people are doing. So I don't know. I'm sure to like someone who's never stepped on a skateboard before the stuff I'm doing is crazy. But to me, it's not very crazy because I watch like eight year olds do like triple kick flips down like insane stair sets and stuff like that on, on the Internet. So do you think those eight year olds would understand the flow of the skate park? Um, probably. probably by that point, yeah. If you're doing crazy shit like that, for sure. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta. Yeah, you you in that. If you're an eight year old doing triple kick flips down a twenty set, your parents probably skated and taught you the like culture of like yeah. respecting the space. <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and like, if they don't, that's gonna kind of feel bad because you just had like a kid do that crazy stuff and now you look like an ass because you were just like (laughs) (laughs) you're just kind of skating around and they just did crazy shit and now you look like an asshole yeah yeah some of my favorite people at the skate park are like the dads that are like yeah i used to skate and then they talk to you and you're just like oh my god why are you talking to me right now like (laughs) i get it i get it you did this vicariously Yeah. yeah yeah oh man um so so maybe a little less uh, insane and extreme. Uh, you guys told us that a couple of you worked at a brewery, and I suppose that is an interest because you wouldn't be there otherwise. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the brewery and just some of the, I guess, goings-on of, of what that is. Yeah, I mean, um, Milwaukee's obviously well-known for being a beer city and... Um, it's hard to not make jokes about how appropriate it feels to have a job there. Um, but yeah, uh, two of us. So it's me and uh, the drummer, JD, who's missing right now. Um, we both work at Lakefront Brewery in Milwaukee. The place has been around for like 35 plus years. So it's like got this cool history. It's by the time we were working there, it was already well regarded for being one of the best in the city. And uh, it's just been cool to, I don't know, participate in that culture here a little bit. Like, we do the music, which, you know, Milwaukee's kind of having a thriving uh, music scene right now. And then to also be in a space like beer that is just like well-regarded in the area at a place that's well-known for that is cool. And we've had cool opportunities come out of having a close relationship with, with our job. You know, like we, every other year, we have an event that's all, Lakefront Brewery in particular hires a lot of musicians so we were for a while having like this mini fest that was all the bands that work at Lakefront. Um, there's been a couple of those. We did a live stream thing during the pandemic. That was pretty cool. That was kind of a byproduct mm-hmm. of knowing people around the brewery and stuff. So our first show ever was sponsored by Lakefront. Too, That's right. Which is weird because it was like at a dive bar, but it was like sponsored by this big brewery. Um, Bremen? Yeah. 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 I remember nice. uh, it was like this like 8% beer that they had on sale for like half off. And so yeah. people were just chugging these things. <laughs> and like, I remember we played last that night. Yeah. People were crowd surfing and it's just not the venue for that. <laughs> <laughs> it got nuts. I remember the, 
one of the co-founders of the brewery, uh, he doesn't own his half anymore, but I remember him getting on stage also kind of in the bag right before we played. And he had this like armful of t-shirts and he was like, who's a fucking small and just started <laughs> launching shirts at people in the crowd. Like it was unhinged, but yeah, I mean, we've gotten cool opportunities because of the, <laughs> the brewery thing. Um, and then also there's just like a lot of other artists and creators and stuff that I think collect in places like that. And so we've gotten to know, give back our, to our community a, a bit more through that. So that's been cool. That's really cool to work at a place that supports musicians and arts in that way. Have you been able to meet and maybe collaborate with some of the bands that you've met or worked with um, through any of your music that you've done or um, like through shows and stuff? Yeah, Snag. Snag's a screamo band in Milwaukee. Shout out. They're some some of our closest friends. Not only are they an incredibly sick band, but yeah, they're one of the few other like kind of uh, tri- uh, screamo bands in the city like we've got lots of hardcore and metal and you know like so don't get me wrong there's plenty of harsh vocal music in the city but doing the like scrams is that popular genre now um they really have helped us i don't know kind of like they pa- they paved a, ro- a road a little bit in the city and have been cool about taking us along for the ride and yeah a couple of those guys worked there so that's helped um and we're doing some other cool stuff with Snag coming up that I probably can't talk too much about, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's it, it it is really cool to like have such an easy relationship with other musicians just because the guitar player of Snag sits like to my right <laughs> at work, and so mm-hmm. when the boss isn't around, it's easy for us to be scheming. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is like a super interesting uh, dynamic to have in like a work environment really cool it seems like it's uh pretty collaborative for you uh, at least to some extent do you do you guys think that they will continue to do like those festivals like are you interested in doing more stuff like that with the brewery or is that something that's a little bit more like trying to uh branch out a little further now that's a good question because we've done three now and every time we did it it scaled up like it started at a, a kind of similar situation dive bar we just packed everyone in as much as we could and it was like we made it happen that was cool and it seems mm-hmm. to me like we do it biannually because every year we do it everyone's like cripes that's a lot of work mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we like, yeah. take a year off um then there's 10 bands on it and then it was like five or six and it just seems to keep growing yeah it kept getting bigger and bigger there's some goofy politics shit i think probably of us all working together too that's like no one wants to play last it seems like the screamo bands end up getting shoved last because found it and i would say if somebody else arranges it i would be on board but to have this like i don't know it, it makes music become a little too much like work for me so that was like the part of it I didn't appreciate. <laughs> yeah, understandably so. But in that, you know, sphere of music, tell us a little bit about how you guys got started individually in music and then start started Garden Home. Oh, man. I don't want to go first. I mean, <laughs> for me, I ironic. Start, I, mean, <laughs> I, uh, I got a drum set when I was like in seventh grade. Uh, shout out to my mom and dad for putting up with that. Uh, threw it in the basement and just every day after school, whenever I had a chance, whenever they weren't home playing drums. And then when I moved into the city, 
I was unable to bring it with me, picked up a bass guitar, and uh, basically the rest is history. Basically? Um, basically, yeah. Basically, the bass is the bass. But um, yeah, so then I obviously knew these guys, and we started uh, jamming in 2014. Yeah, you guys had a previous project together. In, Mike in and town. I did, yeah. yeah Mike yeah. and I did we were in, like in, a, in college, yeah. We were in a screamo band called In the Company of Wolves. Yep. <laughs> Played like maybe four or five shows. Yeah, handful of shows, very drunk shows, I think too. Yeah, yeah. Their yeah. party. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I started jamming with these guys in 2014, and we were Hodari at the time. We had a we had a fifth member, and uh, he left of like in 2017 or 18. We became Garden Home, and yeah, I mean, here we are. Yeah, Mike, how'd you get started? Um, I, my family is very musical. My older brother took me to buy a guitar. It was like an Ibanez, like shredder guitar. Um, and I, no, I sold it. Um, I feel like I had that guitar for a while, but didn't play it a whole lot. And then I want to say I watched like school of rock and I was like, this is sick. And then I bought a blink 182 tab book. It was like Enema of the State, and then I just learned like a bunch of those songs, and yeah, that's how I got started. And I started like a yeah, I started a pop punk band after that, obviously, um, <laughs> with uh, with the our drummer, yeah, and then one of my other high school friends played bass, and we played shows at the skate park. It was like the most pop punk suburban thing you can do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, my story is similar. Um, my dad was in a hair metal band when he met my mom. Like he had the long blonde, uh, you know, leather jacket with no shirt on under and all that shit. Um, and, uh, he was already pretty into music and I was, uh, not planned. And so suddenly they were having a kid and, uh, I think that was kind of it for him chasing music, but he said, uh, still had all this gear laying around. And so there's like photos of me, like as a like newborn with like guitars around me and uh, videos of me, like hitting strings and stuff. But then I was like probably eight, eight to 10. He got me a, an acoustic and I didn't care for it. I didn't touch that for like years. And then probably more like when I was like 15, I started getting into, like, I remember this is embarrassing. I'm going to out myself. I got really into Bullet for My Valentine and like, oh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like um, all the stuff I was learning back then. Little Hot Topic kid. Um, but yeah, then he gave me his electric from the like 80s. He had this like BC Rich that he had modded and it was really like messed up at this point. And uh, that, that getting an electric is kind of what turned the corner for me. Then I got more into playing music distortions easier to hide behind um and uh and uh, yeah so then i've been kind of just into aggressive music along the way and had my fair share of silly high school bands that didn't work out and stuff but uh i think kind of one of the earlier conversations for us playing together is like jd the drummer and i were living together and we had talked about trying to play music and then mike and i were out on a trip in colorado partying and i think the idea kind of grew more legs there and uh yeah we we definitely cut our teeth in hodari that was where we like learned a lot by mistakes <laughs> um but then yeah that member left 
we, I, I was just doing vocals at the time. So then I started playing guitar and yelling in the band and that made us have to be a little heavier. And so style change, member change, we've been garden home ever since. And then pandemic kind of like stole a year from us as we were trying to yeah. figure it back I, I, out. I'd say a year or more, maybe. Yeah. You know, kind of, kind of everything stopped, you know, and then it, it's kind of been, you know, a process of getting, getting back going a little bit, but you know, I feel like we're last we're two years have been here. strong. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the early days. <laughs> Last few years have definitely been strong releasing all the music you guys have. And most recently you guys released Past Life. So tell us a little bit about that song, that video, that writing and recording process. Tell us all about it. Well, Mike's the riff daddy. Yeah. I think yeah. when I wrote that song, I think I wrote it backwards. Like it, I started with like the riff that the song ends with that kind of like repeats. Um, and then I feel like the rest of it I just wrote on the spot when we were at the practice space. I can't really remember. That sounds right, though. That sounds rightish. Um, That's how a lot of our stuff gets done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it started with that, and then we basically just, like, worked backwards. And uh, we recorded it with Cody Ratley, who's in Shamewave, another Milwaukee. It's a Milwaukee shoegaze band. And, and World he, I Hate. And World I Hate. He plays drums in a hardcore band. Um, But, yeah, that's just the guitar at least yeah i actually wasn't even at the practice i think that song was written it was just like i think mike just came with it i think y'all jammed it was written so fast yeah like, y'all jammed like during the day one day yeah when i was unable to come and yeah it was like all of a sudden i had a voice memo of this song and i was like that will work for sure you know that's and, right i forgot about and, that but yeah you're totally yeah. right and i think like uh i mean I, I maybe put something into it you know other than my own stuff but i mean yeah, well, that was that was that came together real quick. Yeah, I know. I know we wanted to, or we were like worried about whether or not we should make it longer because it was it's pretty short. It's like a two minute song. But yeah. yeah, it just like we just wrote it so quickly, and then we just liked the way it sounded, the way it yeah, was. Sometimes, sometimes do less is 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 more, right? Yeah. I, mean, I will say that genre. it was the the first of the crop of new songs we're sitting on, and so it is kind of cool to acknowledge it as the like push off as every of everything else that we're we're heading into next year um but yeah working with cody i just want to continue to shout him out cody cody's really done a, a cool job of like i think he gets what we're trying to do and he's really done a cool job of bringing the songs to life because hearing the voice memo is one thing you know but like once you start like laying down tracks yeah. and he definitely he's a drummer by trade, so he cares a lot about that sounding good. And uh, and then being in a shoegaze band helps. He cares about tone and all that sort of stuff. So mm -hmm. I think he's done a really cool job of bringing the songs to life. Like it's it's I always think it's weird when a band sounds way different live than their recordings. And I feel like he's done a cool job of bridging yeah. that gap for us. I do kind of like when bands sound different, though. It's cool when you see a band that's like really mellow and soft in their recordings and then you go see them live and it's like heavy and energetic that's true but the other way around sucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah right i feel like that doesn't happen very often though 
Everyone just gets nervous and plays faster. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it also can sound like more full on like a recording and then like you'll see it live and there's either like, you know, because there's only one guitar or something on stage that it, it might not sound as full and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. It was also cool recording with Cody because our practice spaces are right next to each other. So oh yeah, we yes. were able to leave. We play like out of really loud amps and we were able to leave those at like the normal volume in our room and then record like we were playing in Cody's room. So we just had the cables running in between, like like between the, the two doors. rooms. Yeah. That was sick. It just worked out really well that way. Recording feedback was terrible though, because then you had to just go stand in there. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like flash. take it. Yeah. <laughs> melt, your, melt your face. And just take it. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The show must go on, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there had to be feedback. Yep. So tell us a little bit about uh, the video for that, because I assume oh, yeah. that's a much different process than like actually making the music. And you guys had a little bit of help from uh, Thumbs Up Records. Uh, tell us a little bit about the process of that, like what you gained from it, any thoughts that came about while you were doing it. Just, you know, the whole. Yeah. Um... Uh, well, frankly, like, first of all, shame on us for not bringing up Thumbs Up sooner because uh brady's the the brain behind thumbs up and Mm -hmm. they've been really sick to work with they're just like big supporter of music in general and having them have a fingerprint in wisconsin's been cool and uh we oh yeah the thought i didn't even (laughs) think about (laughs) so yeah i mean big shout out to brady once we had this recording done i think like before we had it finished i like nudged brady like would you want to work together they had approached us at a show after we got done playing one time and was like, let's put out music. And then, yeah, I was like, we have the song. Should we, should we do this with thumbs up or do you want us to just put it out on our own? And there was like kind of a mutual, like, well, it helps each other. Let's, let's just get the relationship going here. Mutual tension. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and so, yeah, having them put out the song was really cool just because now we get to be on this roster of, other bands that are actively doing cool things right now um and uh the 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 support they show is just like really cool and i actually i get i get jacked up on ideas of like doing other stuff with them rather than just vinyl music releases like thumbs up is a a company that like i think guard home will end up doing other cool shit with so yes big shout out to them but then uh music video conversations started coming around We've worked with somebody named Sam Ergani a bunch of times, did our previous music video for Ghost, um, has done promo and live stuff, uh, photo shoot stuff with us too. Mike had the idea. Yeah, yeah. I I work at a music store um, called Music Around. And um, when we were trying to come up with ideas for a music video, I had the idea of... um, us breaking into the store um seemingly to like steal a bunch of instruments and uh really it just turns out we wanted to just jam on like all the cool stuff there um which we did which we did yeah <laughs> and uh i think the original idea involved a lot more like i don't know just shots that didn't make it into the video and we're just not good actors and <laughs> it was like skit stuff we tried to put in yeah. that had no script and or, or direction yeah and so because of that samer hadn't brought a mic 
And so like there was just like stuff not shaken out in that regard. I think I think we had a bunch of stuff like filmed and or wanted to get filmed and it was like wait a minute this is only a 2 minute song. <laughs> this this I don't know how much can actually fit in here and then so mm-hmm. I think a little bit of it got got junked but if, if we had like another night of recording we probably could have pulled it off but it was just a lot to do in like one session yeah well and plus the stores got hours we had to like avoid and stuff like yeah, that it, we had to be there after close yeah we were we were basically like standing around with ski masks on while people were walking up to the door <laughs> seeing if the store was open and yeah. it was like it was a really uncomfortable <laughs> so funny yeah, we're like telling people the stores closed with the mask on. Like, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 tomorrow. Like, yeah, we open at noon tomorrow. Yeah. Oh man, no, so. that's so funny. I will say, uh, Samer, uh, I thought really smashed the music video. Like each time we work with him, we seem to level up on a uh, getting what each other wants or what each other sees, and um. He just did a, I don't know, I really appreciate having him around because he feels like more of a collaborator. He's he's definitely a little more like, what do you guys want to do? We'll yeah. say something stupid and he'll be like, hey, let's do that, but this and make it a little bit better. And um, it was a cool thing that uh, Mike asked the owners if we could uh, shoot there. They said, okay. And then they got so jacked on the idea that they were like, oh, we'll give you the security footage too. You could use that video. Yeah. And uh, so there was a couple cool shots of us playing in front of like one of the lower cameras of yeah. the store and stuff. And so, yeah, it's just, again, like kind of like the brewery stuff and how Wisconsin scene is just doing well right now. Like everyone's just down to help out, participate. Probably helps when you're generally polite, I guess. We're not. Wisconsin probably... nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sarah so... also works so fast. Like. Yeah, the turnaround was pretty, pretty insane. Yeah, and he doesn't like, he doesn't put up a stink when you say like, "Well, I didn't really like the way that this looks. Can you like change it to this?" And um, he just does it. Yeah, he doesn't say anything. He'll just yeah. send you a new version of it. <laughs> you know, like. Some yeah. People, some people just like get offended when you make suggestions. It's like, no, it's not. We just it's didn't not, see it eye to eye. Yeah. This isn't no, meant he, to offend. Yeah. He definitely gets the uh, aspect of, at the end of the day it's our song mm-hmm. you know like this is this is the cracker for our cheese to be on <laughs> our artisan I love cheese. that yeah so <laughs> he gets he gets that it's like ultimately our thing it's our name on it and his too so he's you know makes a point to be proud of it as well but that's what i mean about it being like collaborative it's never like i had this idea or this vision and I, it's my video so i'm gonna run away with the idea so yeah or like conversely not being like well, whatever you want to do, or, you yeah, know, right. I mean, he, there's some, you know, positive kind of feedback or influence. Yeah. Especially uh, when, like, too, you don't, nice. right, if you don't do, like, videography stuff, like, you just get ideas and think that you can just make it happen. So yeah, it's nice to have someone that's realistic with you and just says, like, no, that's stupid. <laughs> Not do that. There was some, uh, there was one shot in the security camera we tried we tried having like a lot of it was like performance us like playing the song and stuff but we tried doing one shot of me in the camera without a a mic or anything to see like if that would look cool like Like singing part of the song like a hip-hop video yeah (laughs) he went and looked at it and came back laughing and he was like we're not using that like (laughs) the problem was it wasn't fisheye guys yeah 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 yeah, that's true um 
no, I mean, that's really cool that you have someone that you're able to collaborate with so, uh, like, functionally and easily, it seems. And also, just, like, all of Milwaukee as a whole, it seems, is 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 there to help yep. one another. So, uh, yeah, what a nice cool to space to be in. Yeah. I, I think something that we wanted to touch on a little bit is uh, you talked earlier about you having something that you couldn't talk too much about and then uh past life being like the start of like a new uh bit of music like a lot of stuff that you're working on uh what can you tell us about uh some of the some of the new music that you're working on anything that like we know that you're working on like a a new lp just tell us a little bit about Um, what you can there we're shooting for like eight to ten songs and like i think like four of them we've been playing live now yep that's accurate um that includes past life which will be on the full length um we do have the two previous songs ghost and uprooted um there's been talk of putting those on the record and i don't think they're gonna make it i really don't like that idea (laughs) yeah there's uh there's been a lot of discussion about it but yeah i i don't (laughs) think those will find their way on but pat the intention was certainly for past life to join this this new uh grouping but yeah, there's, you know, like I said, Mike definitely tends to be the riff daddy. Um, so most of the songs definitely start with him. Um, him and JD do a cool job of carrying each other along, like helping with transitions and stuff like that. Um, so that's how a lot of the songs get assembled. So five of them are his. There's a one weird one that I wrote. We'll see if that mm-hmm. makes the cut kind of thing. I would love to end up with enough songs that we can decide you know, which ones will make it or will hold on to some or something like that. Um, It's a pretty, like the four or five songs we have right now, too, are all like so different from each other. It's not all just like heavy songs. I would agree. We got a cool, well, what are the, what word did I use last time? A lot of range. Like, yeah. And and shout out to Mike again. Like he's into a bunch of different kinds of music as Mm -hmm. are a lot of us. And so I think, these are probably more than previous stuff reflecting a little bit more of, you know, not only did uh, he get this job at the music store during the pandemic, which has helped us have access to cooler gear kind of across the board. Um, Complete makeover. Yeah. We literally all have pretty much new rigs at this point, which is a great luxury um, to, to have, but also like, I think each of us did a pretty good job during the like downtime of the pandemic like sharpening our blades a little bit i'm gonna be honest with you i did not play a lot of guitar yeah that's right yeah you got super into painting i got super into painting and (laughs) uh i played death stranding um and that was my pandemic so it was a time for hobbies yeah (laughs) i should have been playing guitar that whole time that's like my one big regret during the pandemic I, I needed it. I mean, like, I, I had been into playing guitar, but I had never ventured much outside of, like, learning tabs and stuff like that. And I got, not to say that I'm, like, some theory nerd, um, but, like, you know, I got into some of those basics and wanted to learn more shapes and all that sort of shit that exists on a guitar. And I feel like that's helped us graduate, at least from me playing only bar chords and shit like that, um, power chords. So, I mean, like that, there's probably some reflection of like our generally our IQ 
musically went up, you know, like I think we all, <laughs> especially with maybe some age has helped us hone in on what exactly we want to do with a lot of this, you know? So, uh, I get, I get excited thinking, yeah, get a full length record out. There'll probably be another song before the end of the year or something we've talked about. Yeah. I think that's what I would like to do is do another single before the end of the year. And then kind of just start promoting like the whole package. Cody working with Cody again is probably our intention for recording. And I know he prefers doing full days recording. I think I kind of vaguely recall him saying like four songs a day is probably pretty average. So like I, I have the intention of a weekend this fall or winter getting in there and banging out certainly like most of the record and uh, getting the bones down. Cause I know I kind of like talked about this at a recent practice, but like I'm into a lot of us are into shit like title fight and bands that have gotten more, you know, atmospheric with some of their sounds down the road. And like, I get excited. Mike's got cool gear that he has cool reverbs and stuff that make cool noise. And I've got like this bit crusher pedal and like, I kind of get excited about like getting the music recorded, but then I'm fucking it up <laughs> like immediately after like, so we'll see what comes of that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that'll be our winter, winter project for sure. And then, yeah, still working with thumbs up. Samer was nudging me about trying to do another video already. He, <laughs> he's eager for, you know, working together. I think, I don't want to speak for him, but I think he likes working with us just because he also gets to like put a part of him into it. And, mm -hmm. and then for that reason, he's proud of it too, when we're done. But yeah, I mean, that's a lot of what we can talk about. The, the intention with thumbs up is that I think some vinyl would come out then and stuff like that. And yeah, there are other thumbs up. I'm going to try to be vague. There are other thumbs up bands putting out releases within the next year that, think we've talked about trying to hit the road with some of these people too and get some of uh get some of that wisconsin good good out in some other places good vibes man. yeah yeah i mean that's super exciting um exciting to hear that you guys are developing that sound and experimenting uh and you said you've played a few of the newer songs live uh, tell us a little bit about that and like how those are being received so far and Maybe if you've like changed them up during that time at any uh, I don't intervals. know if they've really changed too much. I mean, we've gotten better at playing them. We've gotten yeah. better at playing them. <laughs> I do know that we played like probably the coolest show I've ever played a couple of weeks ago. Well, it was like a month ago now. And we played there. all yeah. all the new songs and the energy in there was was incredible. I mean, yeah, I, I think the, the kids the kids responded to to the new shit and um you know i think i think they like some of the stuff we we've put out and then to see you know no one miss a beat really during the new songs was was pretty special yeah uh, pratt's talking about we played a show at four seasons skate park recently and like 250 kids showed out and we played in the bowl which i guess was like the first time this happened there and i mean pratt's right not only like we have a video of us playing on our song ghost that's our most streamed so i would guess our most known and somebody went and grabbed the mic that we don't even yeah. we don't even know who it was they, like she just like knew the words and people were throwing <laughs> down so she like got on the mic and that was really sick and then even for songs that they 
would have probably never heard before, you know, like yeah. they still were thrown down and moshing and body surfing and stuff. It was cool. Yeah. I felt like there was a magic energy that night for sure. But I think generally like people are digging the, yeah the new stuff. It's still, it's still us. Um, yeah. What do, you, I mean, what do you got to say? I just like, it's weird playing new songs because no one knows <laughs> those songs. No one's heard. So them, it's man. always kind of a gamble. And so, yeah, to have people just stoked through the whole set, because I think we played like at least three songs that aren't recorded. And I mean, yeah, people just responded really well to them. And what does it mean to you guys to play shows and have that response, have those 250 kids show up and be able to share that experience with them? I just know that I was smiling like a dumb monkey the whole time. Like I, it was yeah. just so surreal to be like in the bowl <laughs> and any direction you looked behind you and up or, you know, like across you or like, it was just like, we were surrounded by people that were all, I mean, seemingly all vibing. And that was, that was pretty magic. I mean, like I just couldn't help but grin. I feel like, that kind of energy makes you put on a good performance anyways. Oh, yeah. Like I felt like we mm-hmm. kind of crushed our show that night just cause. It's like, it's impossible to screw up. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, yeah. cause you're just like, so I don't know, you're locked in yeah. when, it, when it's like that. It's like getting like the, the four X multiplier and guitar hero. <laughs> <laughs> you're just fucking dialed. Yeah. We turned on the, the solo <laughs> mode or whatever. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> it was really like it felt like I, I don't know about y'all, but like I remember f- feeling like time stood still while we were in there. Like I couldn't see the windows anymore, so I had no idea what time it was. Like I I was not worried about literally anything else but right playing the show, and like that was a relieving feeling. It's sick when there's that many people. How can you not be like this is tight? You know, like other you know when there's like ten people and you're like they're staring and not moving and they're going to hear every little mistake I make, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, which we've had those too. So yeah, we're grateful for sure to have, I, I guess like the backstory is that was supposed to be at Culver's, uh, which was going to be this, like, you know, like the Denny's grand slam reference. The yeah. What the, what the fuck got, is up Denny's meme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were going to do the Midwest version of that. And three days after it got announced, Culver's backed out because like it got like national attention, which is sick, but we already had this like hype to show now with like a genuinely cool lineup. It wasn't like just screamo or anything. It was like a very like all of Midwest emo kind of thing to have had a cool lineup on an already stoked show and then move it to another like beloved place. I I don't know. Like it was definitely all the right fixings for, having the show go well and we still despite all that were so nervous that nobody was going to show up we had this intention to donate a bunch of money after but we had to make sure we could pay the skate park back and we still made plenty to, and we ended up donating a thousand dollars to the milwaukee lgbt community center and a bunch of people were like i didn't even know you were doing that and we were like we were too afraid to say it and like have no one show up like yeah. <laughs> now that's awesome yeah so yeah, that um, that was a cool thing to have be our last show for a little bit too. We're on a little bit of a break to finish some of the writing stuff right now, and it was fun to do something that big and then just kind of like fade 
fade back into like, all right, everyone can just enjoy that for a little while. I still am. I still will go look at like photos or videos from that night and just be like, it was nuts. Yeah, same. You know, fade back now, but come back stronger with the new single, the album, everything you have coming That's out. Right. That's correct. So, so mm-hmm. talking a little bit more about the album, you guys said it, it uh, has more of a range than some of your previous music. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the musical inspirations that you were listening to that inspired, you know, broadening this range on this upcoming album. I love that question. Mike, go first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you basically, what are you listening to? <laughs> I pretty much like stopped listening to a lot of screamo music in the last year and started listening to a lot more like post-rock and like shoegazy kind of stuff. Um, I also started a new band um, called OK Omen. And so now I'm kind of like writing riffs for that band that are like sort of like inspiring riffs in this band. And um, so I don't know. I feel like that's kind of where I just started listening to a lot of different kinds of music, I guess. I will say like the other times that I feel like this band has gotten into good writing grooves has been the other times he's been in other bands. Yeah. It's like something about like flexing that muscle actually more often makes it like, just, it seems like it's like on your mind more consistently. And like, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird to sit there and write a riff and be like, I was going to use it for this band, but I think it might work with this band. And then taking that to, the three people like that I jam with in garden home and seeing like what they have suggestion wise or like what ideas they contribute to it. But yeah, I don't know. I started listening to a lot of bands like greet death and stuff like that. And that's kind of what's been inspiring me a lot more like ambient, but still heavy kind of stuff. Right. Basically what am I listening to now? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I don't know, for me, I, I don't know, like, yeah, I, the way we write songs is typically Mike. Mike has a decent structure, you know, a um, couple cool riffs, and then we we will, the rest of us kind of, yeah, again, sprinkle in our our little flavor on top, and um, I, I don't know, I mean, I guess my, my strength would be helping with transitions and stuff like that, obviously laying down the low end with the bass, I mean, I'm not doing anything super, you know, I'm not Les Claypool or anything like that. I'm not doing anything, <laughs> anything, God. Thank God. anything crazy like that. Um, yes. So pretty much just, yeah, holding it down, I guess, more or less for me um, in the writing process. For me, I've been listening to a ton of Military Gun lately, and I know Mike's other band got to got to play with them a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of us were mad about Mike's still, other band getting that. Still angry about that. Yeah. Uh, but that band's obviously doing big things, and, and it's cool to see, so um i i feel like i'm probably like you mike like not necessarily into the heaviest stuff anymore i don't know cu space cowboy is pretty good too and they're 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 pretty heavy but um yeah just just anything you know turnstile like all all that kind of stuff is yeah definitely i would say you still have love for punk oh it may not be like screamo but yeah yeah. i I guess i never i'm not really too much into the scrams personally um so it's kind of I don't know different for me there, but um, yeah, I mean that 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 stuff's pretty much about what's been inspiring me for you know not just recently, but a lot of that stuff for for forever, you know. Yeah, and, 
Um, yeah, I guess like vocally, I have like I have to give two cogs because yeah, like vocally is one thing, and my guitar stuff is another thing because like definitely the stuff I've chased with my tone, like I. I'm obsessed with Floral Green by Tidal Fight. I probably listen to that record like once a week. And so it'll be hard to like escape that influence on my, on the music that I contribute. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I get really into uh, uh, Tidal Fight's been a big one for me. I would say one of these, one of these new songs I keep calling very drug churchy. Like it's funny cause we're being screamo, but there's this whole, like post rock, you know, this where Mike's kind of talking about where his music taste is gone now is like there's this whole like post rock outro thing that I don't feel like what you would typically find in the screamo realm, which is kind of like what I've grown to like about our band is like we we take thing we've taken things that you know like I really I Pratt will probably agree in the early days of Garden Home like really into like Citizen and um. Citizen Sea Haven, yeah. yeah, like just stuff that's like sounds really big, but they tend to go like a little more pretty direction. Where like I feel like we've like turned it more on like a heavy direction, um, and a lot of that's coming from me as the vocalist, just because I can't really sing. <laughs> um, and I think like when we started the band, that was kind of the intention, <laughs> but then I just started doing screamo, and it never really went away. Um, and I think that was even part of the reason Scott left the band cited as a, I never wanted to be in a screamo band. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, and so like, shout out to these guys for, <laughs> I guess, still wanting to be in a screamo band. And we never really like let up the gas on that, especially like, it's been nice. I remember when we were in Hodari, somebody came up to us and was like, I know it will be tempting to like push this in a metalcore direction but there's this like screamo revival happening that will be this cool wave in a few years. And for a while I was like, you don't know what you're talking about, but like sure as shit, how many screamo bands have just come out of the woodwork mm -hmm. re-release or are you putting out new music? Like you got Jerome's dream city of Caterpillar, Loma Prieta put out their last album. You know, like there's just like, there's this big surgence of screamo. So I am glad we stuck with it, but I get very into Counterparts was a big one early on vocally for me. Touche Amore. Yeah, I think it would be hard to like not hear my vocal style and not be like, oh, this guy likes Jeremy Bohm. Yeah, there have been people say that <laughs> call us a Touche Amore cover band as like a joke when we first started. So it was fair in the early days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were listening to a lot of Touche Amore. So. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean definitely there's some scrams reference there's some general hardcore stuff on some of the new songs post rock uh jd's really into hip-hop i feel like i just to speak for the one that's not here he does a really cool job in my opinion of like keeping the songs bouncy and a part of a song where i think like most drummers would just like blast beat it or make it fast he definitely focuses on making things groovy so his like hip-hop influence in the band is Mm -hmm. I think is really cool personally like makes it a little more unique yeah I mean Garden Home has always been either uh the heaviest band on a bill or like the softest band on a heavy bill um which I think was like annoying for a long time with shows we were playing but now it's like I don't know we've kind of figured it out 
I don't really know how, but it, <laughs> and it just seems like the we were ahead of our time, and now everyone else is catching up to us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say this isn't this isn't my thought on the matter. Um, Alternative Press put out a really cool article about like Milwaukee's thriving music scene, and one of our friends in the area, uh, Cleo said something like because Milwaukee's market is smaller than bands like Philly, New York, LA and you know where those bigger cities you probably get like the screamo scene and the hardcore scene and the indie scene mm-hmm. well there's just like fewer places to play bands that can play like it's just smaller in general so we've definitely post pandemic not to be rude, but, you know, like, there was some weeding that happened. Some bands, like, aren't around anymore from that. And there's been, like, this cool new platform for people are dying to go to events, and they kind of don't give a shit what kind of music is playing anymore, you know? Like, they're probably going to see their friend or something, but they're going to go see something new and interesting, probably, and they don't seem to mind as much as they used to. Like, it felt like, oh, God, the heavy band is playing. If we got on a lighter bill, people would leave. Or if we weren't doing enough breakdowns on a heavy bill, mm-hmm. people weren't interested either. But yeah, now there's just like, I don't know, it feels like there's this more acceptance or willingness to check out different stuff now. So shout out, shout out to Milwaukee scene. <laughs> Once again. Yep. Super sick just as a whole. And um, we were talking to someone not too long ago and Sydney said something along the lines of uh, when you're looking for something and it's not quite there, like you make your own sound, you figure it out yourself. And that sounds like what you guys have sort of done with this like screamo and post rock and like hip hop, the influences that you guys have had and just being that middle ground. Um, It's super cool. And Really excited to hear what you guys have coming next and yeah, see where you guys you. are going. Sydney, did you have any other questions for Garden Home? So where can we find and follow you guys online and listen to all of your music? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, we are on all the streamings, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Amazon, as is commonplace these days, um, Bandcamp. We do still maintain our band camp, which there's merch on as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we Facebook is dead. We all know it. So I think I most of our Instagram posts I have just forward to Facebook. So we're not super active there anymore. Um, but definitely Twitter and Insta, we're mm-hmm. pretty regular on. Um, a lot of the Twitter is just me shit posting. Garden uh, Home, Garden Home WI. That's what it's for. Yes, is yeah. The handle. Thank you, Garden Home WI. He's sad. I don't even know the handle is. <laughs> <laughs> I just played it. Sorry. Um, yeah, sick. Once again, guys, thank you so much for coming on and chat with us tonight. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thanks thank for you. Us. Thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Little Known Tracks. If you or a loved one want to be featured, send us an email at littleknowntrackspodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at LKTPod for more information about the podcast when episodes come out and occasionally giveaways and things of that nature. Thank you again for listening. See you next week.